Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I am your host, Tyler Callahan. Sorry for the two-week delay. I had to take a week off due to some personal reasons, but don't worry. I am making it up. To start, I'll be covering a lot of the stories that happened over the past two weeks, so it will be a longer episode than usual. There are also some changes to the podcast. Mainly, the stories will be organized into groups with a little music interlude in between them to give it a more professional feel. So, let's start with the first topic. Our first topic or section is called In the Pipeline, which will include most of the Hollywood news. This includes movie announcements, changes, delays. So please bear with me as a lot of things has been moving on in Hollywood since we last spoke. First theaters are starting to open up around the world. China looks to start by mid-June, however the list of movies to be playing is yet to be determined. The BBC is reporting that Italy will allow theaters to reopen June 15th. This is a part of Italy's plan to reopen and right now seems to be a nationwide opening for theaters. Domestically, more and more states are allowing theaters to open, but the big change have continued to stay closed until new movies come. Meanwhile, two of the biggest markets, New York and California, theaters have remained closed. Both states have theaters in their later phases of reopening, so most parts of the states will not have them open until the end of June or early July at the earliest. This leads into the next issue, which is Tenant. Warner Brothers last week released a new trailer for Tenant, which premiered in Fortnite, since there's no big event to grab an audience. The trailer, however, said at the end, coming to theaters, not July 17th. Currently, all promotion does say July 17th, so it is still set to come out then, but the switch for the trailer is smart. If they have to make the late decision to delay it a month or two, they can keep the trailer up without any changes and just update the posters with a new date. The reason this is important is that Deadline published an article that had sources saying for Warner Brothers to move forward, New York and LA need to be open as those two markets make a huge share of the domestic box office. Which makes sense, both areas are heavily populated and LA is the home of Hollywood. But this also shows how little the rest of the states matter for theaters. Like yes, Georgia and Texas have been opening up for the past few weeks and other states are doing so now. That does not matter if the main ones do not open. Personally, if this is the requirement to premiere in July, then it's not happening. Yes, California has been opening up enough. Los Angeles could have theaters open, but New York City specifically will not unless Governor Cuomo makes a change and moves theaters to Phase 3 of reopening instead of Phase 4. New York City is still not even at Phase 1, and with two weeks in between phases, even if they start June 1st, the earliest they would be open is the first week of August, or mid-July. You'd be cutting it real close. And let's be honest, New York is only a big market because of New York City. If New York City is not open, the rest of New York does not make up for it. The report also said if Tenant gets delayed, then Wonder Woman becomes a December movie, while Tenant moves a month to August. I think that is most likely to happen. So July will be a month of old movies to get people back in. August will have Tenant, SpongeBob, and Mulan as well, since Disney does not want to go first, and then some smaller releases after. For movies delayed, the only one that was confirmed was Edgar Wright's next movie, Last Night in Soho, which was supposed to come out in September, is now coming out April 23rd, 2021. This makes sense because right now August into September is packed, again assuming theaters open, the movie would get crushed. One of the many effects of Hollywood being shut down is the backlog of movies being held up, but another one people may not think of immediately is the delay of film festivals and awards, including the Oscars. Variety is exclusively reporting that the Oscars has a good chance of being delayed from its February 28th date next year. The article does say this is not confirmed if it does, 
would make the deadline window also delayed when that's a big difference. Honestly, the Oscar ceremony itself being delayed makes sense. The ceremony is all about people coming together to celebrate the films of the year and the people who made them. You can't have that in a nice enclosed theater and the social distancing rules would mean, what, five, six people per row? That would not look good for TV. So pushing it back to March or April and ideally at that point a vaccine would start to be distributed, they could have a mostly normal ceremony or it would look normal on TV but what you don't see is the temperature checks and other precautions getting into it. Filming looks to try and resume over the next few weeks. First, Bloomhouse and Universal are working on how to get ready to film a movie entirely on the Universal lot and what safety precautions that would take. Some of the precautions that have been talked about are the cast staying in hotels nearby during filming and no open catering to reduce possible spread. Not much is known about the movie except it will cost $6.5 million. The Hollywood Reporter also goes into one of the issues that every studio will face, and that's getting insurance for a production. Before, it was no problem, but if someone tests positive, that could shut down a production for two to three weeks minimum. If these small shutdowns become more common, insurers would be less likely to cover that and pay out over time. This would mean the cost of a shutdown would be on the studio, not the insurance company. So this could inflate movie budgets for a time, to have money on standby to keep things going while the shutdown passes. So take Blumhouse's movie at $6.5 million, for example. This time next year, that movie may cost 8 to $10 million to produce to keep paying the cast and crew during those few weeks, if it happens. I'll link the article in the show notes. It's definitely worth a read. California also started a plan to how studios can resume filming in the state. And a bit of a shocking update, Governor Newsom announced that guidelines would be released this week for studios to follow but that would have to be county by county, and Los Angeles would most likely not be ready to film this week. This makes sense, as San Francisco and L.A. were the hardest-hit areas in California, so for them to take a few more weeks to resume filming is the smart and safe mood. From what I've seen, however, not many studios look like they will jump into filming next week, as they need to finalize their own safety plans and get a schedule in place for when to film. And now for the next topic of the podcast, VOD Premium. Since this form of media is becoming more of a staple on how movies are released these days, it only made sense to have a section dedicated to the news for it. This will normally include new releases, if a movie goes to VOD, and if there are any sales figures released. First up, the streaming service that has been making some moves, that is Apple TV+. Last week, Bloomberg had a story about how executives at Apple were reaching out to Hollywood to buy up some licensing for their older content in order to boost their offerings to subscribers. They also offered some numbers on how the service is doing, which is currently at 10 million subscribers, but only around half of them actively use the service. This may seem like a good number for the content they have, but it's not. Since last fall, if you buy a new Apple device, you can sign up within 30 days to get Apple TV Plus for a year. So we will not see any true numbers until this fall, when the first people take advantage of the deal, have their service end, or they renew. The timing of that article was also weird because later that day, Apple did actually make a move by spending $70 million on buying Greyhound from Sony. The Tom Hanks World War II movie was set for release in June, but Sony pulled the date as theaters closed and never gave it a new one. Not much is known about the deal, just that Deadline reports it is around $70 million and no new date was given, but it is expected to be sooner rather than later. My guess is WWDC, Apple will talk about it when they get to Apple TV, OS part of the presentation. I also think it'll come out in July August, just as people start to go back to the theaters, make a splash by releasing this movie. So yeah, Apple's making moves, and this is actually not surprising. If you think about it, they were all about original content. Except, with all production shut down, they have no new content to offer, or can they make any? So, 
trying to buy old content is smart. Just besides new movies, I don't know what else they can buy though. A lot of studio streaming services are about to be set, which with each of them keeping their own content. This also makes the rumors of Apple looking to buy MGM all more likely to happen. They do that, they get instant access to all the James Bond movies to stream, as well as I think the Rocky movies as well. And with over 200 billion cash in the bank, they have no problem making them an offer they can't refuse. And besides that, expect Apple to buy other mid-budget movies like Greyhound to fill up their catalog. Now let's talk about the actual big movie to release on VOD last weekend, which was Scoob from Warner Brothers. Now we don't have any solid numbers as per usual, but right now it seems to be a success. After it released immediately, jumped to first place on numerous platforms and has stayed there for the most part. So if it follows this for another week or two, it should easily hit 100 million, at least like Trolls World Tour. Unlike Trolls though, the reviews for the movie have been a bit rougher, with it having a Rotten Tomato score of 51% and an audience score of 65%, which is not great either. This does seem to be a smart move from Warner Brothers because if everything was normal with these reviews, I don't think it would pass 100 million domestic. Another release that actually did release numbers is for Capone, the Tom Hardy-led movie which was distributed by Vertical Entertainment, most famous for the John Travolta Gotti movie. In the 10 days since release, the movie made 2.5 million, which isn't great. Reportedly, the budget is at 20 million, so it has a while to go to make its money back. It was supposed to have a limited theatrical release, which could have helped, but unless it was a wide release, it would not have made much of a difference. I also think what does not help is not the great reviews, but the ex people's expectations. You think Tom Hardy is Capone, you are going to get something good and exciting. And instead, it focuses on the last year of his life and suffering from dementia. So it's more of a character study than a good old, good old action movie. Finally, one movie in China may be foregoing a theatrical release for streaming, and that is Marriage Story. Actually set to be one of the movies released theatrically once theaters reopen. Streaming service IQIYI. I'm just going to say the letters instead of trying to pronunciate that. Uh, that streaming service has now off started to offer the movie with its early access transactional on-demand option. So users can buy and view the movie now, and VIP members of the service can buy it at a discount. Now, nothing has been said if a theatrical release would be pulled, but this does make it look certain. This is not surprising to me because they have a bunch of movies to show. You have the old Hollywood ones, you have the Chinese New Year ones, which still haven't come out. Uh, and any other they were able to finish during the quarantine. With all those movies, I doubt the Chinese movie audience would want to take the risk of going to a theater, no matter how safe it is, to watch two people get a divorce for two hours. But we will see in the next few weeks as Chinese theaters get everything together for their reopening. And that'll be it for this week's Longer Than Normal episode. I hope you like the small changes to the podcast, and you can let me know about them on my Facebook page. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.